This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. North Korea fired a ballistic missile over Japan for the first time in five years. Japanese officials issued a warning to residents in Aomori and Hokkaido in the north of the country to take cover and temporarily suspended some trains. Fumio Kishida, Japan's prime minister, described the move as barbaric. South Korea accused North Korea of reckless provocations. It was North Korea's fifth launch in 10 days. Stocks in Asia and Europe rallied, continuing a trend seen in the American markets, as expectations rose that central banks might ease the pace of interest rate rises in response to an economic slowdown. Australia's central bank raised interest rates by a quarter of a percentage point, which was smaller than analysts had expected, but still pushed the policy rate to its highest in more than nine years. A group of Russian lawyers said that they were overwhelmed with requests from men trying to avoid being drafted to fight in Ukraine. Since President Vladimir Putin announced a partial mobilization on September 21st, hundreds of thousands have also fled to neighboring countries. Meanwhile, Russian officials admitted that Ukrainian forces have made a breakthrough in the southern region of Kherson. The Nobel Prize for Physics was awarded to Alain Aspect, John Clauser, and Anton Zeilinger for their work on entangled photons and quantum information science. Their experiments examined particles that behave like a single unit even when separated, paving the way for advances in quantum information. Donald Trump, America's former president, sued CNN for defamation. Claiming over $475 million in damages, according to a district court filing in Florida. The suit alleges that the news organization smeared Mr. Trump with increasingly defamatory labels, including comparisons with Adolf Hitler, the Nazi dictator. The move comes amid Mr. Trump's own legal problems at both federal and state levels. The Solomon Islands revealed it persuaded America to remove references to China from the regional partnership declaration that the pair signed last week, along with more than a dozen Pacific Island countries. The Solomon Islands signed a security deal with China earlier this year and did not want to choose sides, according to the country's foreign minister. America and China are vying for influence in the region. Sweden sent a diving vessel to investigate ruptures in the Nord Stream gas pipelines in the Baltic Sea and declared the surrounding area a crime scene. Several European states and America believe leaks last week were caused by Russian sabotage, meant to further threaten Europe's energy supply. Norway has deployed soldiers to guard its biggest oil and gas processing plants. And fact of the day 40%. The proportion of America's hurricanes which Florida has experienced. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. The Russian parliament's approval of the illegal annexation of four Ukrainian regions expected to be finalized on Tuesday marks the last stage in President Vladimir Putin's land grab. The deputies will merely rubber stamp his proclamation that Donetsk, Kherson, Luhansk, and Zaporizhia are part of Russia following fake referendums. 
But Mr. Putin's alternative reality adds to his mounting problems. The annexations mean that Russia does not control territories it claims. Ukrainian forces have made significant gains on multiple fronts, taking Liman, a logistics hub in Donetsk, while pushing back into Kherson province in the south. The setbacks are sowing divisions among Russia's elite. Nezavisimaya, an influential Russian newspaper, called the loss of Liman, quote, a political problem, citing Chechnya's leader Ramzan Kadyrov, who blamed senior military figures for making poor tactical decisions. The rebukes do not yet target Mr. Putin, but further losses will only heighten tensions among his lieutenants. America's worker shortage drags on. The job openings and labor turnover survey used to be a sideshow in American economic data. Over the past year, it has become an essential indicator, providing a glimpse into that ultra-tight job market. On Tuesday, it is likely to show that 11 million jobs were open in August, roughly double the number of unemployed people. Such a pronounced shortage of workers explains why wages are soaring, putting upward pressure on inflation. Optimistic economists say that America can have a slowdown in inflation without suffering a steep rise in unemployment. For that to happen, they would want to see a fall in job openings, while the unemployment rate due next Friday holds steady. Pessimists argue that it will take a big hit to growth for job openings to truly fall. Ultimately, pessimists have a better track record in their forecasts over the past couple of years. The Naughty Making of Italy's Government The leadership of the Northern League, an Italian populist party, meets on Tuesday to choose which of its politicians it wants to sit at Giorgia Maloney's cabinet table. Ms. Maloney, the leader of the hard-right Brothers of Italy and Prime Minister-in-waiting, is struggling to form a team that reassures Italy's allies and satisfies her partners in the hard-right coalition that won September's election. Ms. Maloney will struggle to place Matteo Salvini, the League's pugnacious secretary. He wants to resume the campaign against illegal immigration he waged as interior minister in 2018-19. One option is putting him in charge of law and order. But Mr. Salvini is on trial for blocking migrants from entering port while in office. There is talk of a deputy premiership, but his past support for Russia makes Italy's allies in NATO suspicious. He could also be given responsibility for agriculture. But would Mr. Salvini, strongly critical of the EU, accept a portfolio in which most important decisions are taken in Brussels? A Police Shooting in London On September 5th, a Metropolitan Police officer shot dead Chris Caba, an unarmed black man, after chasing the car he was driving through South London. The killing drew hundreds of protesters to Scotland Yard, London's police headquarters, to decry racism. Little is known about what caused the officer, who has been suspended, to shoot. An automated system linked the vehicle's number plates to an earlier firearms offense, but more will become clear after an inquest into Mr. Kaba's death opens on Tuesday. The killing is also being investigated by the Independent Office for Police Conduct, a watchdog. Mr. Kaba's death puts Britain's largest police force under fresh scrutiny. Buffeted by scandals, the Met was recently put under investigation by another watchdog and required to produce a remedial plan for its failures. Its new commissioner, Mark Rowley, promised to be, quote, ruthless in rooting out wrongdoing. Dealing with the inquest into Mr. Kaba's death will be an early test. 
Pamuk muses on pandemics and politics. Orhan Pamuk, Turkey's most famous writer, had already spent a few years working on his new novel, a story set against the backdrop of a bubonic plague outbreak in the Ottoman Empire in the early 1900s when the COVID pandemic struck. The prolonged lockdowns and concerns about his own health inspired copious rewrites. The resulting book, Nights of Plague, which came out in Turkish last year, is released in America on Tuesday. The novel centers on a murder mystery on a fictional Ottoman island inhabited by both Turks and Greeks, but also muses about the power of modern states. Some of Mr. Pamuk's characters are familiar. Abdulhamid II, a sultan who struggles to save the Ottoman Empire, shares autocratic and Islamist tendencies with Turkey's president Recep Tayyip Erdogan. Another resembles the country's founder Kemal Ataturk. Mr. Pamuk usually confines his comments on politics to interviews. This book changes that. Daily quiz. Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 hours BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Tuesday. Which opera concerns the attempts of Susanna, a maid to escape the romantic attentions of her employer, Count Almaviva? Monday. Which device for protecting buildings is generally held to have been invented by Benjamin Franklin? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Buster Keaton, who was born on this day in 1895. Marriage is fine as an institution, but bad as a habit. That's the world in brief from the Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.